0: Uh, let's give Brother Gary a very warm welcome this morning. Amen. Come on, Brother Gary. When it was announced that I was speaking today, everybody started saying we're going on vacation, <laughs> but y'all are here, and we appreciate so much. What a special day here at Liberty. Man, uh, the experiences and thoughts that we have had and still share with is going on here. If you will, this morning, turn to the last page in the Bible, Revelation 22, and I just want to share some thoughts that the Lord has laid on my heart. Thank you for an opportunity. To be here today. God bless you. We appreciate you. When we were here and were teaching and working with the little children. Now they're grown and married and their children are here. And that's that's so good. It really is. I just thank you. Let's pray. Father, we pray for the absolute, complete anointing of your Holy Spirit. Without Him, dear Father, nothing good can be accomplished. But Lord, if we're true, and if we give obedience to the Holy Spirit completely, Lord, great things can happen. And we thank You. And Lord, we love You. We just love You. You first loved us. Lord, we just want to give you praise. May everything that's accomplished here today give glory to you, and it's in your Son, our Savior Jesus Christ's name we pray. Amen. If you will, please one more time, please stand up as we read Revelation twenty-two sixteen through twenty-one. I, Jesus, have sent mine angel to testify to you these things in the churches. I am the root and the offspring of David, the bright and morning star. And the spirit and the bride say, Come, and let him who hears say, come, and let him who thirsts come. Whoever desires, let him take the water of life freely. For I testify to everyone who hears the words of the prophecy of this book, if anyone adds to these things, God will add to him the plagues that are written in this book. And if anyone takes away from the words of the book of this prophecy, God shall take away his part from the book of life, from the holy city, and from the things which are written in this book. He who testifies to these things says, Surely I am coming quickly. Amen. Even so come, Lord Jesus. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you all. Amen. Thank you, and please be seated. I just want today... that you would think about this and just give the Holy Spirit the lead. Do you know that you're saved? Has there been a point in time in your life through conviction that you asked Jesus to come in to your heart? These words are about the future, but they are for the present church. I have dealt with this a long time. The saddest thought ever. A pastor was once asked that. What is the saddest thought? that you have had to deal with and he said it's when somebody thinks they're saved and dies lost he had two references there was a little girl went to the Catholic school, brought up in the Catholic church, and she saw the good deeds they were doing, and she said, you know what? I want to be a nun. I want to get out there and help do these things. She prayed to the Holy Mother, (laughs) confessed her sins to the Catholic priest, And did a lifetime of good works. And died lost. And there was a little boy. His mother said, son, three of your friends joined the church during Bible school. Why don't you join and you can be baptized with your buddies? Mama be so proud. Okay, Mama. Joined the church, got baptized, grew up, a man in the community, church member, baptized, died lost. I want us to think about this today. Someone said that heaven is more than a destination. It's a motivation. I believe that. Folks, someone was saying, far from heaven. You know, if you fall down and you're a child, people laugh at you. If you fall down when you're 80, four of them will run over and try to help you up. motivation it's soon and simply knowing that we shall dwell in the heavenly city or to make a difference in our lives here and now it's soon if we die or if we just ugly away Jesus is going to see you soon it's called the rapture and that vision beloved that vision of that heavenly city it motivated the patriarchs as they walked with God and served him and knowing that he was returning to the Father in heaven, encouraged Jesus as he faced the cross. So the assurance, and that's what I want to talk about today, the assurance of heaven must not just lull us into complacency, carelessness, it should spare us to fulfill our spiritual duties. And know this, what John wrote is the word of God. His words are faithful and true. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. That's Bible, and he did. It prophesied Messiah would come, and he did. Jesus said three days in the grave, and I'll breathe again. And he did. And John said he's coming back. And he will. And if we deny that John wrote this truth, then we must deny all of the other prophets. Now, what does it mean to keep the sayings of this book? It means to guard, to watch over, to preserve intact especially in light of Christ's return. It means to warn against altering the biblical text, to tamper with the truth by attempting to falsify, mitigate, or make something less serious, to alter, to make changes. Are to misinterpret it. Now, I don't think this suggests that people who misunderstand the Bible will be brought back to earth to suffer the tribulations, plagues, or that they will lose their salvation. Charles Stanley once said there was things that he preached with all of his heart Later on, he found out not to be absolutely true, and he had to change his preaching. We're not talking about that. I know of those who teach the Word sometimes have to change their interpretations as they grow in knowledge. One of the problems of some preachers was the answer to this question. Was Christ an angel? In the Old Testament, in the New Testament, in Revelation, it talks about an angel or a angel. <laughs> but the angel. Well, see, angel has two meanings. One is a created being. Jesus certainly is not a created being. Another mean is messenger. Someone who's sin, he fits that rule. But here's the thing. God sees the heart. God sees the heart. And he can separate ignorance from impudence. He can separate immaturity from rebellion. It was customary in ancient days for writers to put this kind of writing at the close of their books because people who copied them for public distribution might be tempted to tamper with the material. And technically, John's warning was not addressed to the writer, but to the hero. Be careful with God's word. The believer in the congregation where this book was read aloud needs to accept it point blank just as it is. It is a dangerous thing indeed to tamper with the Word of God. So I believe this is speaking of those who deliberately distort the Word and intentionally lead people astray they're not saved never were and never will be now if you disagree with me on this you in good company but i've read studied a lot on this i believe there is a book of life that everybody's name is recorded You can be taken out of that book. But one time in Revelation, it mentions the Lamb's book of life. You can never be taken out of that book. Beloved, once you saved, you saved and can't help it. Saved. Born again. This is a solemn warning, because decision determines character, and character determines destiny. And Jesus' coming, when he comes, is going to be so quickly that men will not have time to change their characters. Now, I want to look just for a minute at the Lord's titles here. They're the most interesting. The root. The root. The root is buried in the ground where no one sees it. But that big, beautiful, green tree is like that because of an unseen force. It's the root underground. But the star in the heavens, the sun of morning, it's there where everyone can see it. In the root and offspring of David, we've got Jesus' Jewish national name. But in the bright and morning star, we have his universal name. One speaks of humility, and the other speaks of majesty and glory. As the root of David, Jesus brought David into existence. And as the offspring of David, Jesus came into this world, born a Jew, a human, from David's land. Both the deity and the humanity of Jesus are evident here. And then that morning star it announces Don's soon arrival. Jesus will come for his church as the morning star. But when he returns to judge, it will be as the Son of Righteousness in burning fury. Three times in this chapter, John wrote this, I, Christ, come quickly, but he has delayed his return for over 2,000 years. And Peter tells us why. God wants this sinful world To be given every opportunity to repent and be saved. In the meantime, the Spirit of God, through the church, the bride. Do you ever think about that? The bride of Christ. We're holy. We're going to be made completely spotless. We're going to have white robes at the marriage supper. We call, Jesus calls for the Lord to come because the bride wants to meet her. Bridegroom and the bride. We want to enter into our new home. So believers should be busy trying to reach the lost while there is time today. We should be busy. A true understanding of Bible prophecy should really just motivate us to do God's Word Obey God's word, do God's will, and share God's invitation to a lost world. Then we will join John in the Bible's last prayer. Even so, come, Lord Jesus. Are we ready? I've had people say, I pray to God. I prayed to God. Let's go back to the New Testament up to today. The priest. They prayed to God. They loved to be heard for the much prayer. The street corners, in the marketplace, in the temple, praying to God. Please hear me. You don't just pray to God. Love of God's holy. The only way possible for your prayers to get through to God is through your Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. He is our intercessor. And I hear people pray to Jesus. That's fine. I'm sure you don't bother (laughs) him. But you pray to the Father through the Son. These people that prayed to God crucified his Son. Make sure that you know Jesus in your heart. And through Jesus, you've got access to God the Father. One last little thing is a phrase that it literally, it literally scares me. And that is the wrath of the lamb. The Bible talks about it the wrath of the lamb. There's going to come a day. Rapture, the tribulation period, the thousand-year millennial reign. And eventually, there's not going to be one single Christian left on earth. And dear heart, the wrath of the Lamb will come. This world murdered his bride. Spoke evil of her, hated her. You don't bother a man's wife, beloved. There's going to be the wrath of the Lamb. You don't hear this a lot, but as much. And when the last Christian is gone, and this world is nothing but lost people, we read about the wrath of the Lamb. And, beloved, finally, your prayers are going to be answered. Lord, why this? Lord, how long? Lord, what about them? They're doing better now. And they're lost, and I'm saved. What's going on? Even the tribulation saints, as they were being martyred, were crying out, Lord, how long? Beloved, till then. The wrath of the land. Beloved, you know, we can build, we can buy, we can look, we can brag. You know what? I'm so thankful we're saved by grace. If we were saved by works, I think you would be somebody in the next mention of mine constantly writing about how they got there and all of the good work. But when we go to heaven through faith by the grace of God and the shed blood of Jesus, all we can do then is thank Jesus and brag about him. Amen. Beloved, I, I just want to know I just want to know that you know you're saved. I really do believe the saddest thought you could think of was somebody that tried to be good all their life and do many good deeds and die lost because it's all about Jesus. It's Jesus. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. So we can do a lot of good things, and we should. But because of what Jesus has done for us, if you can look at me and say, Brother Gary, I'm saved. I know it. I was convicted, I confessed, I accepted Jesus, as my very personal Savior. This will be the best homecoming ever. The altar is one of the most unused things in the church, but we've got them. All it takes is a heart that says, yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Father, I want to thank you for your word. Thank you for a book in the Bible that plainly tells us about the love of God and how we approach you. It tells us that Jesus is the only way to heaven. Dear Father, I know people are trying to do good I know people try to have, turn over a new leaf every first of the year. But dear Father, heaven is absolutely out of reach except those who come through Jesus. That little girl was serious when she prayed to the Holy Mother when she confessed her deeds to the priest That little boy may have been dedicated, but his mom wanted to be with his friends, and they could be baptized together, make her proud of her little boy. But Lord, in neither one of these stories do we see Jesus coming into their heart and saving them. So, Father, my prayer is that we just be real. Lord, just be real. Lord, no one's going to accidentally go to heaven. It's through Jesus. And it's in that precious and holy name we pray. To you, dear Father, and to you be all the glory. And it's in Christ's name we pray. Amen.